everyone. Welcome back to Tent Talks. It's me, Stacy, and I'm going to be doing a solo podcast today. And I'm going to be talking about my process. And I heard this TikTok video, and you know how like you can save sounds and then overlay it onto your own video. It was this woman talking about how she loves her process and she loves how she learns life's lessons and the pace that she goes and the gentleness at which she does learn lessons. And I was thinking about that for myself when I was listening to that video. And and I really like that about myself too. I really love how I've created my life and I love how I gently teach myself things. Because healing actually happens over an extended amount of time. We get opportunities that present themselves so that we can implement the lessons that we've learned so that we can try it out and test it. And I think this happens over years. And that's something that a lot of people don't like to talk about. They like to make it fast and and instant and you know, it's that narrative of like, we all just want that magic pill to swallow. And I've found that true healing that lasts is this regenerative lengthy process where life is slowly meeting you where you're at and giving you the chance to to fully embrace and execute the lessons that you've learned along the way. And That's kind of like what happened for me recently is I bought a new car. And the reason that I bought a new car is because I totaled my other car. (laughs) And I just kind of want to tell you the story of how this all happened and what this thing is in my life that was representative or symbolic of me just buying a car. Because it's not just buying a car for me. It's a whole process underneath that layer of symbolically what that really meant and represented and how I was applying some of my life lessons through this process. Life gave me the opportunity. So on Thanksgiving, I was driving home from Thanksgiving dinner, and I was taking the circuitous route back home because there was a beautiful sunset. And even before deciding what to do for Thanksgiving, I made the conscious choice to stay home for Thanksgiving, even though I didn't have any other plans, nothing really big was established. I just went to a friend's Thanksgiving with her family, and it was just like a really emotionless decision. Like, I'm just going to go to her huge family Thanksgiving where I don't really have to talk to anybody, just eat good food and leave. It was an ideal situation for me where sometimes if you don't have anything big going on with your family during the holidays, it can feel a little overwhelming. So this seemed like the perfect solution. And on the way home, I was feeling really touched and inspired by the sunset. So I'm taking this back road home and I'm kind of out by Utah Lake and I'm looking at the sunset, I'm going maybe 20 miles an hour because it's really slow. And of course, I'm taking in the scenery and a deer comes out of nowhere and actually slams into my car. And it kind of like bounces back into my car. And 
you know, when those moments they happen and it's like in slow motion and I'm still driving and I have to like tell myself, pull over, go back, see if you can find this deer and, you know, what even happened. And luckily, you know, my car was intact. There were, it was drivable. The deer had ran off into this swampy area. I couldn't find it. I couldn't hear it. I went home and I did the only thing that I could think to do. And that was just like, bless my car. Because I knew something big had just happened. And, you know, I just had my little ceremony, my little ritual. I blessed my car. There was... Um, not to get too graphic, but there was like deer pieces and excrement and things on my car. And I was just like, just overwhelmed because I knew I had killed an animal and a big animal and I didn't hit it. It hit me. And that felt also really symbolic of like, why did this deer just run into my car like I was going so slow, I'm sure that the time could have figured out the timing or, you know, I don't know, I didn't want to overthink it. But I was just, I was kind of in a state of shock. And then because of the timing of this, I mean, it's at a holiday, my insurance is delayed, the place that I'm taking the car to is delayed. And it just felt like this really lengthy process. And I knew that no matter what, I had to have a car because I was moving offices, like literally moving offices December 1st. And I think Thanksgiving was like the 24th or something like that. And so I needed to arrange a rental car with my insurance. And they only covered like 30 days. So I got the rental car and I'm driving it. And the whole time that I'm driving it, I'm just focused on like getting my things moved into my office, making sure that things are established there. After some time, almost two weeks, it almost takes my insurance two weeks to evaluate that they're going to need to total my car. And I just bought this car in November of 2019. There were repairs that needed to happen to it. So I didn't even get the car until Christmas Day of 2019. And there's a whole long complicated story about buying this car. But basically, it was a really arduous process. I needed a co-signer, which was my dad. And it felt like a really messy process. And then after I got the car... I got a warranty, but I didn't get the paperwork. And then the guy went out of business in 2020. And I was just kind of left with a car that needed some structural repairs. And I wasn't getting support because the guy was out of business. So like having my car totaled was, I mean, I loved my car. I wasn't expecting it. I didn't want it to be totaled. I actually really did love my car. It had a lot of fun features that I hadn't had in a car before. And and I had this, you know, cute relationship with the car. But at the same time, I could recognize that there was a lot of tumultuous baggage with this car, just in the process of buying it and getting it and 
making sure I had the warranty in hand and feeling like I got fucked over by the sales guy. And then he just like conveniently disappeared. So there was baggage there, you could say. And then fast forward to, you know, hearing that it has to be totaled. I'm okay with it, but I'm a little, I'm also a little sad because it was a really cute, fun car. Everything's delayed. I'm trying simultaneously to move into my office. And I know in this moment that I need help. I know I need so much help and support to get through this time because there's a lot of transitions happening. It's the holidays and I'm potentially, you know, making these really big decisions. And so I decide to do something really big and that is throw myself like an office party, an office shower. You know how women can have bridal showers or baby showers or just major life transitional parties where people shower them with gifts. I knew I needed to be showered in gifts for support to get through this because I was potentially going to be needing a lot of help. But I didn't want to lead with, hey, my life is really shitty right now and I need help. Instead, I just said, I'm in a transitional state and I want to be celebrated and I haven't, you know, had these other opportunities and I want to normalize what it's like to support women through transition. If you'd like to participate in my registry, here it is. And I opened myself up to receive. I opened myself up to receive through Venmo and through a gift registry that I had created on Amazon. And I was overwhelmed with the amount of love and support that I was receiving. And I knew it was because people were genuinely celebrating me and they weren't feeling sorry for me because of my life circumstances or pulled into, you know, a, a pity celebration. And that's the energy that I wanted to carry forward through this process. And of course, I was met with such generosity and kindness. And then Christmas happened. And I took myself to a nice resort for a night and a couple of days just to get away. And I knew I had to return the car after Christmas. And I didn't have another car figured out because everything, again, was really delayed. I mean, I essentially had, by the time I had found out, I only had like a week and a half to look for a car. And that that wasn't long enough. And all the the finances behind the scenes of the transitioning of them, like paying me money and like all of those things weren't even figured out. So I, I really couldn't move forward in the process of purchasing a car until even much later. So I, I ended up borrowing a truck from somebody and looking for a car. And boy, I'll tell you what, this used car market is no joke. So like I said, I bought the car, my other car, in November of 2019. In those few short years, all the rules have changed. I was looking at with my budget, I was looking at Toyotas or Hondas with like 200,000 miles on them for over 10 grand. Or I was looking at like a Hyundai Elantra for 10 grand with 160 plus thousand miles. There was like no in between. And 
I went back to my manifestation or to my desire self. And I said, what kind of car do you want to drive? And I listed the kind of car and I, I did some research and I test drove some cars. I decided to just take the approach of finding a car that I liked and moving forward with that. And I'm telling you, I went to dealerships to test drive cars and some cars wouldn't even start. Some cars were broken. I did private sellers with transactions where at the last second, I'm sorry, but I just got a cash offer. I can't follow through. Like a lot of really weird things because the market just felt so cutthroat and dishonest and there was no negotiating down. It was like negotiating up. I just wasn't used to that. And it felt really overwhelming and overtaxing. And I thought, if my budget is, you know, X amount, I've got to be able to find a reasonable car for $11,000. Like that seems totally within reason. And I was just coming up against a lot of pushback. So I had to really step outside of myself and figure out a new process. And that's when I decided this is what kind of car I want. I've test driven a couple of models. This is what I want. And this is what I like. And then I did a broader search. And I started looking in Arizona, Nevada, and Wyoming, Idaho, neighboring states. And I thought maybe they'll be a car in a neighboring state and I can fly there, purchase the car and drive back. Well, this idea, it seems like people do this all the time. It seems so normal, but I'm in a state of paralyzed fear (laughs) trying to figure out how to navigate, you know, this whole process. Like I just buy a ticket and I go out there and I test drive the car and then I buy it. It seems so big and overwhelming. And I wanted a partner and I wanted somebody to come in and save me. And I wanted somebody to find a car for me. I wanted a mechanic to just say, this is the car for you. It's going to be great. I wanted that so bad. And the truth is that wasn't coming for me. I had to create it and I had to feel self-assured about the car that I was driving potentially buying, I had to be the one to go find it. And I had to do all of this alone, essentially. And I had to do it alone for my process. Because even though this whole thing seems like it's about a car, it's not. It's just life giving me this experience to work through some other skills that I've been learning over the past while with my healing process. So I decided to take a major risk and to go and fly out of state to go buy a car. And I have to do all of the finances ahead of time, get the cashier's check. And I can still make a final decision when I get to the destination if I don't like it, but I have to work out the finances to the degree where I can just hand them the bank's cashier's check. So I did all of the things, all of the steps. I I paid and got an extended search on this car with its VIN number. I just did 
all of my checks and balances that I could possibly do. When I got to the dealership, I basically just flew in, took an Uber, got to the dealership. I asked them, it was an independent dealership, a smaller. I asked them right away about some of their reviews on Google. And this guy was formerly from New York. And he spoke really direct with me. And it was really terrifying and relieving. And he said, listen, I don't give a fuck what people think. It's 2023. And I can go in there and I can curate my Google page to take away every single negative review, or I can just leave it how it is. And you can just see, like, how's that for honesty? And he told me, I know exactly the reviews that you're talking about, and I can tell you all the situations about it, or I can just say that's just how some people are. When you buy a used car, you get a used car. And I wasn't used to being spoken to so directly. And I I even told him, I was like, I feel like you're yelling at me. <laughs> and I was just so nervous, and I was overwhelmed. And with the most like kindness and sincerity, his eyes softened and he looked at me and he said, no, I'm being direct. And he reminded me that he very gently, very kindly, that he's not going to do the emotional labor with me of buying the car. Like I came there to buy the car or I didn't. And this is the car. These are the details. Here are the stats. You can either buy it or you can't, but he's not going to walk through every single thing with me. And it was so refreshing in a way, and it was so scary in a way. And he had been driving the car, or his partner had been driving the car for a month. And he told me, you know, like, if you have any questions about it, or want to know how it works mechanically, like I have a month of experience with the car, and I can answer anything for you. And they were so generous and kind, but it wasn't like my previous experiences here in Utah because I was doing something differently. I was getting a different response. And I was really appreciative of that response, although it was very direct and intense. It was also matching the energy that I was bringing to the process, which is I'm trying something different. And I'm taking a greater risk and I'm being really strong and independent here. And I've done all of my due diligence ahead of time. And I've, I've come to this conclusion and I'm kind of wiggly in the moment. And I just say, finally, I'm just like, okay, I'm breathing and I'm getting myself together and my palms are sweaty. And I'm, I'm just like, no, it's okay. We're going to go through with this process. We're going to go through with this sale. And in order to make this experience positive for myself, I decided to plan a little bit of a trip around it. And so I went to stay at one of my favorite cities on the way home in a really nice hotel. And there was a winter advisory warning. And so everybody was afraid to use the outdoor pool and hot tub. And I pulled up to the hotel after driving, after the purchase of the car and flying and, you know, everything's coming, a culmination. I'm trying to relax myself and I go to the hotel spa and I'm just sitting and I'm 
doing some stretches in the hot tub and it and it occurs to me that this whole process has not been about buying a car. It's been an archetypal journey to face the salesman because this whole time I was really avoiding the process of buying a car because my last experience of buying a car was so terrible and I had such a negative experience with this other seller and taking it back even further, my dad is a salesman by profession, not selling cars, but he he is a salesman. And I've been dealing with salesman energy my entire life. This is a lifelong energy that I've been teetering back and forth with. And I just took this singular opportunity. I switched my approach and I, I navigated it differently. And I was honest along the way. My heart was on my sleeve for some of it. And I did something really new and something inside of me internally switched. And I'm not going to ever have a relationship with these salesmen. I'm never going to see them again. And I'm not going to curse them for anything that happens with the car because I made the choice in a really empowered decision. And I wasn't schmoozed or coerced or over-sexualized inappropriately to buy this car. There was no charming, weird energy. It was, it was a, simply a transaction. And I led this process and I followed it through. And I realized in that moment that I made some huge internal shifts and that this process of facing the salesman was so reflective of some years of internal work that I had been doing to heal my relationship with my dad and forgiveness over past things. But Sometimes the healing process works where it's a situation that's outside of the direct situation and you you have a counter experience that mirrors the original wound and you follow that process through. And when you can switch your thought loop and follow a different pathway of logic, you can get a different result. And then that positive reinforcement with the different decision and the different logic pathway brings the positive reinforcement and you start to change and you start to really heal and create new possibility. And that's literally how it works. And so so in my process of creating this fun road trip and buying a car and doing all the things I want and taking really good care of myself. I was able to close this gap and create this new, almost like what I envision as a new neural pathway. And I feel so light and I feel so elevated and I feel so proud of myself and in such celebration. My confidence is extended and just this place of self-efficacy that I that I can count on myself, that it is about me, and that I can trust my decisions. And I took my power back in that moment, 
and I healed some deep wounds. And it had been because of years of years of working on an entirely different issue. But I needed this experience to put all those lessons to the test, to actualize them and to put them into the physical. And it all started with a deer sacrificing its life so that I could get into a car on my own because my dad co-signed for my previous car. This time it was all me 100% of the way. And I think about the generosity of nature and life and the orchestration of how things come together for, for our growth and for our evolvement. I know you've probably heard this a million times, but life is happening for you. It's not happening to you. It's happening for you. And when you really stop and you put the pieces together, and of course, all this happens in hindsight, you realize that, that life does want you to evolve and get better. And it gives you these opportunities to really grow and to challenge yourself and to love yourself through hard situations. And I guess I just wanted to share that with you all today because I really needed to validate myself and I needed to celebrate this win and I needed to verbalize it. And I know that you guys have had situations like that where you've really felt loved and supported by life because of the personal work that you've been doing for years. And you you have this one experience that kind of allows all of those new skills to shine and to become embodied. Thank you for joining me on this journey and listening to this story. And I, I hope that it makes sense to you. And I hope that you can pull from it some of your own lessons and wisdom. And I want to thank Kimberly Mehmet on the production and editing. She does a great job making our podcast sound amazing. And if you'd like to subscribe, like, rate, follow along, give feedback, we love all of that. Join us next week on Tent Talks. We'll see you next Tuesday. Thank you.